Welcome to HUFC Chat, the podcast made by the fans and for the fans of EFL team, Hartlepool United. We are back. As mentioned, and I'm sure anyone who listens will have struggled to have missed, we are back in the Football League after four hard years, and it feels so, so good. In this episode, we will look back on what, for me so far, and for many, I'm sure, was the best day of their life, as Pools beat Torquay United on penalties 5-4 to secure a return to the Football League. We're also going to react to the fixtures being released, a little bit about the players' situation and much more. But firstly, I think we need to talk about the occasion itself of that playoff final. You know, the fans in Bristol the night before, the fans after the game, the evening after celebrating with the players, and even just before the game, the atmosphere on that road where we all congregated was absolutely incredible. It was a feeling that we've missed, we've all missed for so long now. And being able to see the boys live at for me, reflecting on it, you know, was such was such a privilege to be able to be there with those travelling pulleys. There will have been fans that didn't get to go. There will have been people that will have wanted to go but weren't able to, perhaps because of health conditions, um, which will have prevented them with the current situation of COVID. But, you know, when you take all that into account, to be there, you know, throughout the season, we haven't even been able to watch until recently in the ground and that's been something that has been extremely ironic with how well we've been playing and you know it's, it was just such a privilege to be there on that day and and see the boys lift the trophy so without further ado we move on to the review of the game and before you start Davo is there anything you'd like to add to that? Honestly mate last Sunday even now it's still living in my head rent free I know I'm not the only one, but I just can't stop watching the video of that final penalty. I know it's been plastered all over social media. It's been our faces for the last week, but honestly, I, I think I've watched it at least, what, 100 times a day. And just videos of the day in general, you know, it was such a good, good day. The game, the atmosphere, everything was just brilliant. And I just want to say, you know, I know I'm a season ticket holder and all that, but even I felt very privileged and fortunate, you know, to be sat in the stands, to be travelling down there to, to, to Ashton Gate. You know, I know there's there was quite a few loyal police, passionate police who sadly missed out, you know, for whatever reason. So hopefully that's, it's, you know, it's been all been made worth it with the, with the promotion, of course. And actually, it was good, you know, just to be back on the road again, following the boys. You know, it was brilliant to be back on the coach, seeing some familiar faces. You know, it's been a long time since anyone has been able to watch pools. I mean, it's been a while since anyone's been watching pools at Victoria Park, but especially on the road, you know, with, with COVID. And actually moving on to the game now, you know, I actually thought Torquay were the better side, I'd say. 10, 15 minutes, they were quick out the blocks, they were on top, they were making us work. We didn't panic. You know, I know they scored a goal after five or six minutes, which... I have watched the game back and I have seen this 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 incident and I'm not going to go into it, but I, I did think it, it was harsh. But 
such as football. But I think that was actually the the point in which Pose kicked on. You know, it's in a not a lot of chances, but I know Armstrong and Oates had chances, and we eventually broke the deadlock after 36 minutes when an Oates chance found Armstrong in the area, and he was able to spin the t- defender brilliantly, and his effort smacked the crossbar on the way into the net. As for the second half, obviously talking with the side, pushing and trying to make things happen, but all credit goes to that Pose back line. I think we defended admirably all. All game, and with that, we really frustrated them. You know, we forced them into two, three long range efforts, which barely tested James, if I'm honest. And then for the second time in the game, Torquay had another goal disallowed. Uh, I think it was the same guy, Cameron. Um, I think it was for an impediment on James. Again, I'm just going to be honest and, and honest here. I think it was questionable, but I'm, again, I'm not going to go into it. And just when you think Pose have done enough, just when you think we've won it in, in regulation time, the gold keeper of all people came up for a corner and he, and he scored subsequently and he forced extra time. And at this point, I think, I speak on behalf of all Pose fans, I was feeling sick. And I'll be honest, I said to my dad, I turned to my dad and I said, I think that's it. I think our chances have gone off because I think... Our best chance to win that game was in 90 minutes. I think it's fair, you know, it's only fair. Poles were leggy, we were tired, it was cramp. But I think that's only testament to Dave Chalner to them players that never say die spirit showed through. And, it, you know, ultimately we, we won via a dreaded penalty shootout. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go into it too much now, Davo, because you alluded to a lot of the stuff. That I would say, but just touching on a few different things, you know, it was a nervy start. I think Dave Chandler even said that, and we did grow into the game. But then when the goal, the goal came from Armstrong, I, I really thought it was deserved on the balance of play and going in at halftime. You know, I was just hoping that we'd come out and just keep pressing because I think the chances were there. Their centre halves didn't seem to want it when Oates was up against them. The pace of you know, Oates terrifies most players and I think they were blowing, if I'm perfectly honest. So I would have liked to have seen us go for a bit more. You know, Dave Chalmers said in his post-match interview that he wasn't happy with the way the lads went out and played second half. It wasn't in his plan. Um, and I did feel we sat back more. But to be honest, as you've said, I didn't feel too much under pressure, really. You know, they were just sending long balls and it was back to our keeper and then back up the pitch and the same again. You know, as the game went on, I felt more and more nervous, sicker by the minute. I even went dizzy at one stage. I mean, talk about what was going through my head when they equalised. I had flashbacks to Cardiff. I had thoughts about just pools in general, what we're normally like and, you know, games I've been to. But as you've said, never say die, you know, through extra time. The boys just dug in and, and as you've said, testament to them. Um, you know, it was a real gutsy performance to keep us in there and take it two penalties but I mean what a start with those penalties then the first four being missed I, I really didn't expect that or thankfully ours were on target thankfully I mean they may not have been the best penalties but you know I'd rather have them saved than someone stepping up skewing it wide um, and then their best one of the best players in the league hitting the crossbar and then I just think it was really fitting to see Ryan Donaldson score the winning penalty. And then for Brad James, who we've discussed many a time on the podcast, young lads come in, there's 
undoubtedly going to be a lot of pressure on him going through the playoffs, especially when you've got Ben Killip, who's pressing for a start in the final when he's coming back from injury. You know, for him to come back from that bit of a mistake he did make, um, which led to their goal, he openly, you know, admitted that. And for him to save that, what a save. The scenes that followed that were just, uh, as you said, I lived them forever and ever, over and over in my head. Talk to you, I talked to other mates and my dad and things like that about it. It was just absolutely incredible to see what it meant to the town and the fans that were there and the noise. I mean, I just wish I could bottle that up. I've seen plenty of tweets saying, if we were able to bottle that feeling up, you know, he'd be a millionaire because so many people would want a bit of that. On to the fixtures now. And this one is rather straightforward for me. I've done about you, Jack, but the main thing going into next season for me was as long as we were back in League 2 playing Football League fixtures, then I wasn't bothered in the slightest who we were playing or where we were playing. I suppose if I've got to draw one positive looking at the you know the, the first game, then we are playing at home, we're standing at home. So, you know, it's a big opportunity for us, you know, to get off to a winning start. Yeah, I have to agree with you, mate, that whoever we play is back in the Football League. However, there are particular fixtures that I'm looking forward to and I'm sure many Pools fans are looking forward to, such as Carlisle away in January. I know they visit us early on in the season, the 28th of August, if I remember rightly, and that is the one fixture that stands out for me. But I will give um, you some of the key dates for the Diaries of Pools fans and the ones we usually look out for. So the opening game of the season, as you mentioned, Davo is Crawley, 7th of August, and we also finish at home on the 7th of May to Colchester. Boxing days away at Mansfield, whilst we'll be at home to uh, Oldham Athletic on New Year's Day. Carlisle, as I've mentioned, at home on the 28th of August, then 8th of Jan away. I think a key point um, to draw from the fixtures in League Two, being back in the Football League, is there that there is a lot less travelling for the Pools fans. Um, you know, and the players, most importantly, you know, they can be fresher um, going into these games. And the final away game, you know, for fancy dress, a massive tradition for the Pools fans is away at Scunthorpe, which, you know, isn't really too bad of a fixture as our final away game. Moving now to the news that came out of the Hartlepool Mail last week, that goalkeeper Brad Young will be leaving us as he has secured a move to the Premier League outfit Leicester City, which for me doesn't really come as a shock, does it? I mean, it's been rumoured. For some time that he has caught the eye of several Premier League clubs. So for me, given the fact that he isn't first choice, nor is he even second choice for that matter, then I think it was always going to be a matter of time before he did secure a deal somewhere. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it it's not it doesn't really come as a shock. He's obviously a lad with plenty of talent. Uh, you know, he's been developed by Ross Turnbull. I think we should give a mention to him, who's just moved on and um, to take up a scouting role at Chelsea. Um, but yeah, back back to Brad Young, you know, I'm not shocked that he's moved on. He, he's been rumoured for a long time now that a big team is coming in. The only thing that really confuses me is if he is this promising and, you know, if he does have this much talent, there's two things for me. Why haven't we got him contracted any further than just a year? Um, you know, if we're wanting to gain some money on him, the longer the contract tied down, you know, I know that means that Raj would have to pay more, but the longer the contract, the more money we're going to get to him if he is going to move on. And if he is this good, 
Um, and second of all, and most importantly, I, I don't really, I don't question Dave Chandler at all. You know, I know his uh, judgment will be right. He knows what to do clearly because he got us back to the football league. But it just baffles me how he hasn't even had a chance in the cup games. You know that there's been keepers that Henrik Ravas, um, Dimi, people like that who, you know, I'd be giving Brad Young a chance because he's a player who's who can, who needs that actual football experience if he's ever going to get any further. I mean, going to a Premier League team, he's probably looking at playing for the under-23s and the younger teams. Hopefully he'll get his chance. You know, as with every Pools player that moves on, we wish him all the best. But I'm very surprised that he hasn't played anymore if he's as good as he's, you know, people have said. But let's see what happens. Let's see how he performs in the higher leagues. Hopefully, you know, he's successful. And as I've said, we wish him all the best. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And you've mentioned Dimmy, and obviously that was one point I was going to make. Obviously, I remember, I think it was only the second time we actually met, actually, uh, Harrogate in the trophy. We were winning, we ended up getting beat, but Dimmy played that day. And actually, I mean, he had a howler, but that, that season in particular, you know, we struggled to really pin down a first-choice keeper. And it's been a problem really for the last couple of seasons. And it bugs me, like you've said, you know, we've had this promising young goalkeeper in Brad Young. You know, he's been reportedly in, being scouted or being looked at by the elitist levels of clubs, you know, your Man United, your Chelsea's of the world. And yes, why aren't we playing him? If he's that good and he's that promising and he is attracting these elite clubs and, but you know, such as football. And like you say, he does go on with all our best wishes and hopefully has a good future at Leicester. I know they've got a good setup there and he'd be in good hands. But, you know, just keeping on this theme of, of contracts and players, you know, and I can only speak as I find on this one. You know, it was reported by the Hartlepool Mail that going into next season, we only have five contracted players. However, one of the five subsequently was goalkeeper Brad Young, who, as we already know, will be leaving to make his move. But it's also important to mention that midfielder Tom Crawford has recently penned a new deal to keep him at Victoria Park. So excluding Brad, that still keeps the number of contracted players at five. The other four to know are Gavin Houlihan, David Ferguson, Joe Gray and Josh MacDonald. Who to note has Josh McDonald has been transfer listed. It's also been reported that the club are keen to trigger contract extensions for Mark Shelton and Timmy Odesina. Overall, looking at that, I am happy, really happy to see the likes of Houlihan and Ferguson who are signed on for next season. You know, because those two, you know, they've been really instrumental this season in getting us back to the Football League and hopefully, fingers crossed, they can be joined by Mark and Timmy as well. Moving on on the same theme, last Sunday, the club announced via its official website and social media platforms the 2021-22 retain list. Most people, I think, will be by now up to date, but we will go over it quickly for those who might not be and might be a little bit behind. It was confirmed that the players who have been offered terms of re-engagement are Gary Little, Nicky Featherston, Luke Molyneux, Ben Killip, Resort and Jamie Sterry with Ryan Donaldson and Zane Francis Angol currently holding talks over new deals, respectively. Sadly, though, the following players will not be offered a new deal at the club and will therefore leave. Mason Bloomfield, Aaron Cunningham, Danny Elliott, Claudio Fosu and Luke Williams. Furthermore, as we've seen, Ryan Johnson has accepted and signed a deal at Port Vale. Luke Armstrong signed a deal at Harrogate on Saturday and Harvey Saunders has signed a deal at Bristol Rovers. 
Jack, I mean, we've heard a lot in these last couple of days, mate, about players coming in, those who may be leaving. But generally, I mean, firstly, how are you feeling about the retained list? And secondly, about those rumoured players coming in, you know, Trevor Carson, Macaulay Southern Hills and Richie Bennett being those players in question? Yeah, I mean, firstly, in terms of the retained list, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. Mason Bloomfield, and I mean this in the greatest respect to every player, you know, that's, that's pulled on a pool shirt. You know, Mason Bloomfield wasn't, a player that I was disappointed to see leave. I didn't think he really added that much. Aaron Cunningham, a player with great potential. Uh, really sad to see that he hasn't, you know, been able to move on at pools and develop his career because I, I think he is going to make a, a really good footballer if he gets that game time. Danny Elliott obviously scored that penalty um, at Bristol in the penalty shootout. Player that we wish well. Claudio Fusa, I just didn't think he... He showed potential, but he was he was just too inconsistent for me. And then Luke Williams, you know, the, this player, we, we've talked for however long now about him. He's a player with so much talent, and I, I really do feel for the lad in terms of his injuries. You know, he just really hasn't had been fortunate or had the luck, really. And we do wish every player that's moved on, as you've said, the best uh, wishes from us. But Ryan Johnson, you know, a player that I would have absolutely loved to see whether we'd been in the National League or back in the Football League like we are. He's just so solid. He came in on a short-term deal. We didn't expect loads from him and he just excelled himself. Luke Armstrong, obviously the main one. Pools fans are absolutely gutted about going to Harrogate. Uh, Harvey Saunders, I like the player myself, but we didn't really see that much of him on his in his loan spell. I know he picked up an injury as well. In terms of the players that being offered re-engagement, Gary Liddle, 110% would love him to stay. I mean, his experience and his knowledge, ability to read the game just shines through, especially at Bristol. He was so calm. Um, you know, someone who I really, really hope stays on and someone who'd be a contender for captain for me. Obviously, Feds, Molyneux, Killip, we love them to stay on. Reese Oates, for me, really, really hope he stays. You know, he... He said himself he's had his best season. He was absolutely incredible. He added so much and we really did miss him when he was off the pitch. And then obviously Jamie Sterry, a player that's without doubt going to attract a lot of interest. And, you know, with all these rumours that go around, if your team has an amazing season and a team gets promoted and the players are playing out the skin, they're bound to be noticed. We can't expect that clubs aren't going to be interested in them. You know, and with all these rumours, we've got a podcast that we've recorded with Alex Chandy that will be coming out soon. And as he he said, Pools fans, as Pools fans, we don't need to panic. We need to trust in DC. We need to just believe that he knows exactly, you know, what he needs to bring in. As Alex said, he, he had plans, whether we we're in the National League or the Football League. And I think all these rumours, my dad says this to me a lot, you know, never believe anything until it's signed, sealed and delivered. And I think that's just important. I mean, Trevor Carson, I would absolutely love to have back. I mean, fans' favourite, a player that I absolutely adored when he was at the club um, and someone who I think had had so, so much to the team. Richie Bennett, of course, coming from in from Stockport, potentially, you know, there's talks of him having to take quite a wage cut. He had his contract cancelled. He did a great job for us and it'd be interesting to see whether he could do the same in League Two. You know, but 
as I've said, with all these rumours, you have to take them with a pinch of salt. You never know what's true, what people are just saying, just for attract some attention and just have to trust that whoever we bring in, whoever leaves, DC has it all under control and hopefully Raj will back DC and we'll be able to get in players that can continue to take us further up the leagues and you know, build a really capable squad that not only competes and survives in, you know, League Two, but also competes further up the table and who knows what could happen. So that wraps up today's episode. Thank you, as always, for your continued support. We do hope you enjoyed listening to it today. Do make sure to keep your eyes peeled though next week for a bonus episode featuring Alex Chandy. You definitely won't want to miss it. As always, make sure you're following us on our socials at HFC Chat on Twitter, at Hartley United News on Facebook. But from me and Jack, keep the faith, trust DC, and we will see you in the next episode.